Hello and welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zaratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. Welcome to the show. We seem to be having a, a bit of a, a theme every episode lately. Yeah. So this is kind of like our Olympic theme. Yeah. Happy Olympics, everybody. Happy Olympics. So we're going to talk about various things mostly skating related about the Olympics. <laughs> uh, what else are we talking about? Uh, we're also going to be talking about Festival de Voyager because that started last week. And we're going to talk about restaurants in the city and how sometimes it can be hard for them to stay open. How was your week, Jen? Week was good. Week was like a nice mix of being productive but not like having too much to do so Mm -hmm. I like those kind of weeks where you're just like getting stuff done and feeling good but uh I want to talk to you about this because you've had a few days where you worked from home yeah I often work from home I know (laughs) (laughs) um typically I'm in the office on Mondays and Wednesdays because that's when we have meetings um but I just find I keep weird hours like my most productive time for writing is early in the morning Mm -hmm. so I find like if I can just like get up and go that's easier like my ideal like quote-unquote shift would be like a seven to three yeah I was working from home this week because I wasn't feeling very well and I took a sick day on Wednesday but I find that I, I get like I'm so much more productive from home I don't know what it is about being in a, an office environment that just makes me want to procrastinate I don't know what it is <laughs> it's because we're chatty yeah it's because too many of our coworkers are delightful yeah people. yeah so that's but from home I'm just like bam transcription bam story's done bam I know this webby like it's but the downside the yeah. downside yes. I find <laughs> Of which there are uh, many, many, um, you start to go kind of wild. Like, <laughs> yes. Cause you I haven't had like contact with humans today. I feel a little bit nuts because I haven't talked to anyone except for my boyfriend and my mom for like four days. Yeah. And you like, and you don't put on real pants, no makeup for like the whole nope. week. No. Yeah. Sweatpants all day, every day. Like sometimes after a while when I'm working from home, like, it's like one of those things where you, like, look in the mirror for the first time and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is what I've let happen. <laughs> the Olympics have started. The Olympics have started. I was commenting to you before we started rolling that I haven't been, I've been reading a lot about the Olympics, mm-hmm. but I've watched zero events. <laughs> I've kind of just had it on in the background at all times. See, I don't have seen the bits here and there. I don't have a TV in my living room anymore. Ah, okay. Our only TV is in the basement. So I found that in years past, when I had a TV in a more central place where I'm at more of the time, I could just have the Olympics on. But I've read like, I feel like every morning I'm like, what can I read about the Olympics? (laughs) Um, So yeah, let's maybe start with something that you read. Yeah, I read a column in the National Post that basically said the new event of mixed doubles curling, which is one man and one woman, and there are less ends and less rocks. And there's a bunch of other new new rules. But It seems to be a little bit like, like faster paced. It's like is speed right? curling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I really think it's interesting and it's really fun to watch. Um, but the, the, the writer of this article was basically saying that it shouldn't... It's a sham, it's I believe a sham. was the headline. Yeah, <laughs> and that their gold medal shouldn't... We shouldn't be as proud of that gold medal because and then they were ripping into uh team figure skating, team figure as skating well. for the same yeah, reason yeah. which come on yeah and i he was i think one of his points was that you know all the other athletes well in his mind all the other athletes yes. train for their entire lives to do these things and with mixed doubles curling um the pair that won 
train one time in Winnipeg for 30 minutes. But my argument is like, yeah, they were able to do that in 30 minutes because they trained their whole life to get that skill. Exactly. And plus, I think the argument that team medals mean less somehow. mean less than individual medals is ridiculous well it just doesn't make sense because there's lots of team sports in the olympics hockey we hockey. take great pride in our hockey medals any sort of relay mm-hmm. like volleyball basketball yeah it's you know the phrase is high tide raises all boats so if you have strong people on your team it's beneficial to the entire team exactly but i don't think any olympic team would have like even your weakest link it's still going to be still a pretty an exceptional good athlete, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So I think it's kind of like a weird argument to say that like, yeah. team medals and that like, it's like an invented sport for <laughs> right. like, like what, how about we just don't make people feel bad for winning a gold medal at the Olympics? Exactly. <laughs> like they won a gold medal everybody. at the Olympics. Like yeah. hooray for everyone. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of disappointing to see that, that, yeah. that kind of opinion rolling out, but you know, whatever. But then there was like a counter opinion, like immediately. It's not after. a sham. <laughs> <laughs> so people... Well, I don't think it's a sham. I think mixed doubles is really fun and really interesting. I, from, again, I haven't watched it, but from what I've read, I've read a lot about it because it seems to be like, well, it's new, right? Yeah, it's new. Yeah. Um, Yeah. People like it because it's exciting and it's. Well, yeah. I mean, someone will throw their rock and then they'll get up and like shuffle down the ice really fast and start sweeping their own throw. What? Yeah. Like (laughs) that's, that's fun. Yeah. Speaking it also of, makes me want to learn how to curl. Just, just as the side. Have you never curled? Never in my life. No. Really? No. I'm terrified even, to do it because I'm so clumsy. Even I have curled, and I just I know I'm going to hurt myself and others. So, <laughs> I. Okay, let's do a small sidebar on curling. Okay, I've only curled once, and I curled in the Manitoba Music Charity Bond. So field. that's what I want to learn how to curl for yeah. next year. So you don't need to learn how to curl for that. You can just <laughs> show up. That's <laughs> what happened to me. They were like, "Our team needs a member," and I said, "Sure." Um, a few things surprised me about it. A, I didn't really expect because I don't really love watching curling, which I know is like blasphemous nah, to say as a Canadian. Right. Um, but it, so it was more fun than I was expecting it to be. It people call it like it's the sport you can do with a beer in your hand, but honestly, it's hard. Curling is <laughs> yeah, hard, and it's also you end up just covered in bruises and welts from it's like kneeling on the ice. And there's like, I guess you can get like knee pads or whatever, mm-hmm. but like they slide around and whatever, and like you pull muscles. And it's actually like you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, curling. My grandma was really big into curling, and she so had a mine. she had a broom you could screw off the cap, and there was and it was hollow, and you put liquor in it. That's incredible. So she'd be on the ice taking swigs from her broom. Ah, uh, your grandma's incredible. I know. I'm like, I really want to find that broom. Someone in my family has it. I don't know who has it. But yeah. Grandma's liquor broom. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Olympics being more fun, I want to talk about skating. I know you love uh, figure skating. I love figure skating. That's why it's actually crazy that I haven't, I've only seen like clips online, mm-hmm. but I haven't actually like watched an event on TV, which is crazy because I love that. Like when I was a kid, I would be like, oh, and I'd be like, well, I wrote about this before in a column, but I'd be super invested. Like I'd literally be like, I haven't breathed in three minutes because, oh my God, are you going to fall? Like I just, I feel very like, I'm like their mom. Um, but this is the first Olympics where skaters have been allowed to compete to songs with lyrics, which has been yeah. kind of interesting. You wouldn't think that it would make that much of a difference, but it really does. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. Like that routine that was done to that Adele song. Yeah. Hometown. Yeah. Hometown Glory, I think it's called. Yeah. And they meddled, right? They did. They got bronze. Yeah. They so did very well. I feel like it just adds a level of and other people have written about this too about how it just adds another level of a it's songs you recognize yes. so not everyone's going to recognize like 
some classical piece from Tchaikovsky. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you do recognize the Tchaikovsky because everyone has skated to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like kind of like it's like the piano recital. <laughs> I will say hits, though like, that. Um, everyone and their uncle was skating to a version of Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. I, pro- I think I saw three or four different 100%. routines. One Leonard Cohen, one Katie Lang, one Buckley, <laughs> like one instrumental. I was like, what is going on? You know on? that people have been waiting their whole lives for this. <laughs> to to, like, sk- to skate this to Katie is, Lang. This is my song. Like, <laughs> this would be my skating song. Yeah. Um, but I think, it does, I think it makes it more modern. It I think it makes it... more emotional. It, and more emotional because there's songs mm-hmm. that, like, as I was saying, there's songs that you recognize and connect with. So, and I think it's just when you have, it just adds another layer of emotional heft to me. So we are pro lyrics. We're pro lyrics. What, if you were a figure skater. Oh, geez. What song would you skate to? <sighs> I recognize that you maybe haven't thought about this as much as I have. I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> well, am I having a fun routine or a serious routine? Oh, good question. If I did a fun routine, I would pick Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a very good one. And if I was having a serious routine, I would probably pick, oh, something by a sad lady singer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe something by Kathleen Edwards or... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. I think if I was going to be like pink champagne, maybe that would be a really good one for a sad one. That would be a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, If I was being like hip and using something (laughs) super modern, I think for my fun routines, I would do something really conceptual, like a St. Vincent song, Mm -hmm. like a digital witness or something. Mm -hmm. But for me, skating songs need to have like, they're like momentum rock songs. Yeah. So the two I'm going to throw out at you are going to sound not super on brand for me, but hear me out. Led Zeppelin's When the Levee Breaks. Okay, that's a great song. I think would be an song. incredible skating song. Yeah. And also Metallica's Wherever I May Roam. <laughs> <laughs> Only because the momentum of that song. It's so like you can just imagine like people like skating skating quickly to that. You can. L- throw it on. Okay. And like think of visually like doing a bunch of like. <laughs> Triple axles. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like flips. I feel like all sports are improved by a soundtrack. That's that my oh, problem 100%. with hockey games is when they play like exciting music for two seconds and then it's silent. Well, except for the gentle roar of the drunk exactly. man behind that. you. <laughs> the gentle roar. But like, and I get like, you need to concentrate, blah, blah, blah. But like, I feel like things are improved 100% if there's just like an ongoing soundtrack. Yeah. Like if we were playing music right now through this entire podcast, you'd be like, this is exciting. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. Speaking of Olympics, part two, because yes. I think every transition I've had today has been speaking of patriotism yeah you brought up an interesting point about this yeah i don't care about sports generally speaking and i I wouldn't say that i'm not patriotic i mean i love canada but i'm not she doesn't care about sports or canada you heard it here first (laughs) (laughs) Um, but i'm not one to be like on canada day with like maple leaves all over my face you know like yeah no i hear you yeah yeah. so but when the olympics come around i go crazy (laughs) like yeah Canada, you're the best. I know. Like, win everything. I just, and then I genuinely get disappointed when they don't win. I know. I have like a cart full of like branded Hudson's Bay stuff in my online shopping I have cart. Three like, different pairs like, oh of Olympic God. mittens. I know. Like, they're in my house. And like, I don't like them really, but it's just like, oh, oh I, I think they're cute. Like, but it's only this time of year where I'm like, these are adorable. Like, and I get especially patriotic when the Olympics are happening and I'm not in Canada. Like I witnessed several Olymp- or one Olympics when I was in New York and one when I was in Slovenia and the one in Slovenia was the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. Mm-hmm. And my, my uh, three Canadian roommates and I went down to the only pub that was like playing the Olympics on a TV. And we asked the old man there to turn it to hockey instead of watching the soccer. And they yelled at us and uh, then they did it because we cried. 
and then um they started giving us all these free drinks because they saw how like <laughs> emotional we were getting about it and that was the one that I think Sidney Crosby scored the goal super, yeah, yeah. super late and we were just losing our minds and all these old men were like, what is like happening? Hugging and weeping. Yeah, it was great. It was really fun. I know this is the time of year where I understand how like European football fans feel. Yeah. 100% of the time. Like just like, I'm so into my country and my teams and blah, blah, blah. So go Canada. Go Canada. We and all the athletes well. We do. And also um, big ups to the people that I've seen in various social media threads that have like alarms set for like... <laughs> 2 a.m. armpit o'clock to watch their event good for you the people i think athletes would like to know that that's happening so they're you know far away from home repping the country it's a good thing um you wanted to talk about some more local yeah going on festival the voyager started last week Mm -hmm. i'm very excited i haven't actually well i went once last year and that was my first time so i'm excited to that was your first time ever yeah i'd never been you didn't go in school no never how I, I we went to the same school and I went every year. No, my class never went. That is crazy. I have never never been. I've never been during the day still. So I'm gonna go this year during the day, and check out some of the more like historical and cultural it's aspects fun. of it. Yeah, I'm excited. You can have maple syrup rolled up on snow. I did do that last year. That's so good. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed that they charge you money for it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you can go make it yourself outside. Yeah, there's just you know, beware the dog pee. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But no, it's gonna be good, and there's lots of really amazing bands coming to town. A lot of a lot of local artists, which is fun too. Mm-hmm. And some conferences. Yeah, there's um one called Passport, which is a new thing, and then there's one that I cannot pr- and will not try to pronounce and ruin. Um, <laughs> that is Manitoba Music and Festival partner to do this fe- um, conference for the last few years. So that's kind of cool. Cool. Um, also started this week. Um, once opened at Royal Manitoba Theater Center. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit because I did a story for uh, last Thursday's Uptown. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, I didn't really conceptualize that. So if you're not familiar with Once, it's a multi-award winning musical that's based on a film of the same name. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much the musician's musical, right? Like it's by musicians, about musicians, with musicians on stage, playing right. live. Yeah. And so music- musicians on stage playing live is what makes Once really unique. And the story that I wrote focused on instrument care. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really conceptualize that, oh yeah, you would have to have a piano tuner in twice a week to make sure that the piano sounds good. And like they had to have all the instruments come in like months ago so that the strings could acclimatize. Right. And then there was a few like, there was a one instrument that they had to like switch out completely because it just wasn't really sounding for right yeah mm-hmm. so super yeah, they're very temperamental yeah and so they had to hire like a whole like they had um alan beardsell who's a local luthier he has been working with them and oh, cool yeah so it's it's kind of cool um to think about the tech side i think so we often focus on the actors on stage so it's kind of interesting to talk to people who have you seen the movies i have not seen the movie i love the movie but i have to say when i saw the broadway musical when i still lived in new york it didn't have the same sort of spark for me. No. So I'm I'm movie over musical personally. I really like live. Like I, I find my, I'm very easily swept away by musicals. Is what mm-hmm. I should try to say. Like um, I saw Wicked in London on the West End, and I saw Matilda, which is a musical that I yeah, really, really good. I really want Matilda to come here because it's phenomenal. I believe it is coming for MTC's next season. Oh my god! Yes. yes. That's the best news ever. Yeah, it's so great. Um, so I really like that immersive experience. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I'm hoping to go see once at RMTC during its run because yeah I like that uh, but it's once is one of those things where it's you know all the songs like it's not like and they're not really like musical songs necessarily no like, they're like, like pop songs like basically a folk album. Yeah. yeah exactly lastly we wanted to talk about so ward one the restaurant that moved into black rabbit it's already closed <laughs> it opened a month ago and it's closed already yeah I think two months in total since the soft yeah. open yeah, it's a shame. that It is a shame. That spot it's seems cursed. cursed. Nothing, like, yeah. It's too bad that nothing makes a go there. Because it has such a great patio. It's in such a great location. It's too bad. And especially because for restaurants, I feel like it takes a little while to find your footing. Yeah. Well, so, you invest all that money and all that time yeah. and then to have to close, like, like immediately. really get a shot, you know? Yeah. Um, but we were talking about how, like, even though Winnipeg's very much a culinary city, like, we have, I think we have more restaurants per capita than yeah any other city in Canada. Um, it's, it's still hard here. Like, it's still a hard business. And I think mm-hmm. it, it, you were pointing out that Winnipeggers are not necessarily a decisive people. So, no. so it's a lot of like, oh, I've been meaning to try that. <laughs> and you never go. And you never go. As I was saying, like every Facebook event I've ever had is like three confirmed yeses, four confirmed noes, and I 78 know. maybes. Like just make a decision. And I've heard that. And I'm sure you've heard this too from touring musicians that you we've interviewed. That's one of their things about Winnipeg. It's like, oh, it's a walk up. Yeah. Yep. It's a walk up city. Yep. Like we know that we're not going to sell a bunch of advanced tickets. Like it'll be like all at the door. Game day decisions yeah. <laughs> for everybody. It's always a game day decision. They hate that. I wonder if it's just because it's like, it's like, eh, let's see how cold it is out there. Probably. You know, like. I mean, that's how I do all. And if it's like 10 o'clock at night, if a show starts really late, like, I don't know how tired I'm going to be that day. Yeah, well, that's the thing, and we and we've talked about that before. Shows starting late, but with the restaurant thing, like I'm always so well-meaning because I like food and I like trying new things mm-hmm. and new places. Um, but you end up reverting to the same four places that you always go to that are yeah. usually in your neighborhood, right? Yeah. Like, she's like, oh, I could try that, but I know this is good. I so. have a list of probably ten places that I have quote unquote been meaning to get to for probably a year. And I just, oh, I know. I just haven't. I know me too. Cause I, you know, fall into the routine, but I also just don't have the budget to eat out, that's, you know, once every couple of weeks and keep up with all the stuff that's opening. It's just impossible. Because it's crazy. Things are opening all the time. Yeah. But, and then, so we're an indecisive people, but then we also are super outraged when things close. Yes. It's like, we just want the comfort of knowing it's there. Like, like the paddle wheel. Like the paddle wheel. It's like, <laughs> when was the last time you ate at the, like, but people are like, no, this is an institution. I haven't been there in 50 years, but I like knowing it's there. So, oh, Winnipeg. For our last segment, we're going to do pop culture blind spot. Yeah. Wherein one of us tries to describe a show we've never seen (laughs) or like a piece of popular culture that we've never seen. So Aaron has never seen Mad Men. No, never. The AMC classic I think I watched starring John Hamm as Don Draper. Just the first episode. And then I was like, this is boring. And then I stopped. <laughs> Some people feel that the show moves too slowly. I love I've watched Mad Men all the way through many times. Okay. So So you're very well versed. Yeah. So I only just, know three characters' names, but let's do this. <laughs> who are the three characters that you know? Um Peggy. Correct. Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. Don. Dan. Mm-hmm. Don. 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 <laughs> Dan. Don. Don Draper. Um, Joan. Good Christina job. Hendricks? Yes. Yeah. Good job. Okay. Okay. That's good it. Good job. Is there a man named Joey? 
<laughs> or Joe? Is there a Joe? Yes, but like, <laughs> should I just start saying men's names that sound like they come? What year was this set in the? In the 50s? well, in the like, mostly in the sixties. Okay, I think is may- there a John? <laughs> An Alice, maybe. <laughs> um, we're gonna do this a little bit differently. Okay. <laughs> Typically, in the past, we've done like a describe the show based on like things you've heard about it. Yeah. Um. Do you know roughly like what it's about? I know that they run an advertising agency, right? Correct. Okay, that's all I know. It's okay. in New York? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's, Madison that's Avenue. It. That's literally all Madison I know. Madison Avenue, 1960s. <laughs> okay. So what we're going to do this time is I'm going to read you the <laughs> description so of an... Nervous. <laughs> I'm read you the description of an episode. Okay, I'm ready. And you're going to tell me what it's about. Okay. So this is one of my favorite episodes okay. of Mad Men. Um, it is from the third season. And the episode is called Guy Walks Into an Advertising Agency. Okay. I'm going to read you the description. Okay. The employees of Sterling Cooper prepare for an upcoming visit from the British owners of the company. Okay. Joan discovers some deeply unsettling news as she prepares for her last day in the office. During the visit, a tragic and comedic accident changes the life and career of one man forever. Meanwhile, Sally is having trouble adjusting to life with baby Jean without her grandfather. How can an incident be both tragic and comedic? That's my first question. That's for your imagination to decide. So okay. What, what so, happened in this episode? Okay. So there are British people coming over to the ad agency. And yes. I told you that. Thank I know. You. I know. But I'm, <laughs> I'm recounting it for my own self. So then I picture just like Don Draper standing in his office, chain smoking mm-hmm. with like a huge glass of scotch. Is that accurate? <laughs> okay. Pretty good. Keep going. <laughs> so they come over and say, hey, Don, you need to make more money. You're not selling enough <laughs> ads. <laughs> And he's like, okay, smoke, smoke, smoke. I'll get right on that. Okay, what was the next part? Peggy? Uh, no, there was no reference to Peggy. <laughs> Sally. <laughs> so, so, so. <laughs> Sally has something going on. Uh, first, we're going to talk about Joan. Joan okay. discovers some deeply unsettling news. Okay, so Joan discovers that she is pregnant. That's her deeply unsettling news. Am, am I right? I think you might be right. But now <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what her upsetting news is. Maybe she's pregnant with... Um, Don Draper's. Uh, oh no! No no no! I wasn't done yet. Don Draper's evil step twins, <laughs> baby. No no. <laughs> um, she spoiler Kay. does get pregnant eventually in the series, okay. but that is not her upsetting news. Okay, so we'll say Joan is pregnant, and we'll say uh, her upsetting news is maybe that she uh, gets fired because they can't afford to pay her maternity leave. <laughs> What's the uh, tragic and comedic accident that changes the life and career of one man forever? Could it be a car crash in a clown car? Because that would be tragic and comedic, right? That's the no. only thing I can think of that would you'll, be... You'll never guess those. Tragic, like a fire burning down something that everyone hates. <laughs> <laughs> Do they burn down the ad building? <laughs> <laughs> this show, I feel tonally in your mind is not at all <laughs> what it actually is. well when you tell me something is tragic and comedic that doesn't sound like something that would fit in with a madman of what it is in my head is you- it funny are there funny parts of it uh, yes extremely okay okay so then i'm gonna stick with the fire <laughs> okay and then at the end don draper will have signed a new client and the british people are happy and they go back over the ocean and say good job don and then he smokes another cigarette. And the last thing. Yeah. What was that one again? Meanwhile, 
Sally is having trouble adjusting to life with baby Jean and without her grandfather. Okay, so Sally is clearly someone's wife who works in the ad agency. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) No. Continue. And maybe she's dealing with postpartum of some kind. And her dad was helping her and then he died. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Sally. Is she not married to someone in the ad agency? No, she is Don Draper's daughter. (laughs) So what happened is, is... Oh, so then, okay, never mind. Okay, do you want me yeah. to tell you Continue. exactly yeah. what actually happened in this episode? Yeah. Um, okay. So, yes, Sterling Cooper were... They have British owners who are coming. You know, the British are coming. So they're like, trying to impress these ad guys. Okay. So they want to make the office in tip-top shape. Like, they're going to the nines. And the deeply unsettling news Joan discovers is that she has quit her job in preparation to get married as was the time in the sixties, but her husband did not get a job that he, her doctor, like fiance, I don't even think they're married at this point, didn't get a job. So now she's like, well, we have no money. Now I can't quit my job. Right. So that was her unsettling news. The tragic and comedic accident. Yeah. Wasn't a fire. (laughs) No. Okay. So one of the ad guys gets John Deere or is like wooing John Deere as a client and has a tractor in the office. Okay. And one of the baddie secretaries runs over one of the British guy's foot with the tractor. I wasn't off far off with a car accident. <laughs> and basically the reason why it ruins his career is that they're like, well, he was he'll... a foot model. No, no. It's because he'll quote, never golf. Oh. <laughs> and that's where all their like, you know, networking happens. But I wanted to find the quote from Joan about that, where she's like, I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, you know, one day at the top of the world, the next day you're getting your foot run over on a tractor by a secretary. Oh, Joan. <laughs> and then Sally is Don's daughter. Okay. And uh, did he disown her for having a baby? No. She's like <laughs> 10. Oh. <laughs> so her grandfather, Jean, dies. Betty, Betty Draper is her mom. Okay. And Betty has another baby and decides to call him Jean after her father who has Ah. died and Sally was very close to her. (laughs) That's the new baby. (laughs) Yes. And she believes that she believes that baby Jean is her grandfather incarnated though. I see. And I don't know if it's in this episode or in another episode, but Betty thinks it's good parenting to be like, Oh, like baby Jean bought you a present and it's this Barbie doll. And she opens up and she's like, oh, like, here's a present for you. And my word, it's from baby Jean. And he says, you're the best sister ever. And Sally's freaked out by this because she thinks it's grandpa's ghost and a baby. So she <laughs> throws the Barbie doll out the window. And then Dawn's coming home one night and finds this Barbie in a bush and like puts it on her desk. And so she wakes up in the middle of the night. And imagine being 10, being like, creepy ghost Barbie from my dead grandpa <laughs> no, is on my back. My... So she starts screaming. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. But yeah, Mad Men. So you did... <laughs> Very bad at that. Very bad. <laughs> I got the ad agency correct. You did. You did know some characters. So that's I just, just didn't know how they were related good. to each other. Pop culture blind spot. Mad Men. <laughs> what are you working on this week? Um, well, Serena Ryder is in town soon. And so a story, uh, I did an interview with her and a Q&A will be running in Uptown next week. Cool. She's always very lovely to chat to and just like knows how to do her job very well and i appreciate that i love that when that happens. yeah so yeah that's probably like the biggest story that'll be running next week cool i'm working on a column um about so lena dunham wrote an essay for the march issue of vogue mm-hmm. about how she got a radical hysterectomy for 
because she's been struggling with endometriosis. Endometriosis. Neither of us could say it earlier, so it's fine. Which, big surprise, because apparently nobody studies it, and it's hard to diagnose, and everybody has it, and it's like this horrible thing. So, working on a column just about how um, women's pain is often not taken seriously, and how a lot of things that affect us are understudied. So... Uh, as always, you can find everything that we're working on at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zerati on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Maya Rebel on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.